What is? What is? What is? What is biblical counseling? Biblical counseling will grow you from brokenness to wholeness. The light bulbs are going off in my head. <laughs> this is like deep. I just haven't thought of it that way. It's mind blowing to me. I don't know if I've ever had anybody put it that plainly to me before. All this time I've been going to church, this never resonated with me. This is Transformed. And now your host, Assistant Professor of Biblical Counseling at the Masters University and Certified Biblical Counselor, Dr. Greg Gifford. All right, welcome back to Transformed. My name is Dr. Greg Gifford, and I am your host. And we have been discussing mental health, formerly known as mental hygiene. We have been discussing psychotropic medications. We've been discussing how to think about the mind and the brain. So I hope you've been a part of this seven-episode series because today we're on episode number six. So that means practically, if you're just joining us, you might want to pause and actually go back and listen to the prior episodes to set a greater context, especially episode number two and three, where we're talking about the biblical difference of the mind from the brain. And I do want you to hear me on this, that if you start with the scripture and let the scripture then inform how you understand yourself, I actually think in the end, that's going to be the most clarifying, most helpful. God's word is always right. It's always true. It's always accurate. And we accurately see ourselves in God's word. So go there and then join us today, because today I want to help you think biblically about mental illness diagnoses. So this is somewhat similar to an episode that we did where I discussed the way that mental illnesses are diagnosed, but that's a little bit different from today. I am highly aware that many of you as listeners have been diagnosed with a mental illness or you have been diagnosed as a mental illness as a kid and maybe you still wouldn't say that's true for you. Or you have children and you're trying to help interpret what their mental illness means for them. So that's today's episode. It's trying to help you think biblically about mental illnesses. You know, and sometimes biblical counselors can be known as rejecting mental illnesses altogether. So I hope if you'll just kind of stay tuned with me, you'll see that I am going to provide nuance. But no, I'm not going to unilaterally reject a mental illness. I'm going to offer it more as a tendency than using medical sounding terminology. So uh, let's, let's just do some brief overview and then we'll get into examples and then how to think of it. So brief overview, you know, it's, if you remember the history from our first episode, the diagnostic and statistic manual is not static, meaning it, it, it's not this fixed document that is unchanging. We're on the fifth iteration of it currently, and you know we're, we're slowly due, it's been about 10 years since the last publication, so we're slowly due for another iteration. Usually about every 10 years, and 20, so 10 to 15 years, you see another publication come out. So we have done the DSM-3, DSM-4, DSM-5, DSM-5-TR, and those are the most recent. And in each of those, you actually see new diagnoses coming, a new illnesses coming, and then also old illnesses being let go of and jettisoned. For instance, in the DSM-3, homosexuality was rejected as a mental illness. But up to that point, it was actually considered to be a mental illness by the APA. So the, some of the diagnoses are changing before us. So underneath our feet, just recognize that the diagnostic and statistic manual is not fixed. And some of that nomenclature is changing and will continue to change. 
that's part of the irony is because sometimes we are now stigmatizing things that we didn't used to stigmatize and calling it a mental illness. Or now we are destigmatizing things that used to be stigmatized and no longer calling it a mental illness. So be aware of that tendency to change the nomenclature, which brings with it the second observation, which is actually some of the things we're seeing move into other categories and be enveloped overall. So uh, for those of you that are familiar with Asperger's, it is, it's now considered to be part of autism. And autism is usually described to be a kind of like a spectrum. If you've ever heard on the spectrum or a person who is slightly or mildly versus severely autistic, we're looking at that as a, a spectrum. And Asperger's actually used to be its own mental illness. But as of the recent DSM, it's been changed now into its own uh, autistic category. So it's its own category as part of autism. So Asperger's is no longer its individual diagnosis. It used to refer to those that just struggled with social cues, being in social environments, but now it's considered to be just really a mildly or slightly autistic. Now, what does that mean? It means that even some of the diagnoses are changing just a little bit, and Asperger's is an example of that. Also think that you're going to see diagnoses roll off that aren't mental issues, but they're more physiological issues. And I believe we're within arm's reach of saying that autism is not a mental illness. It's a physiological issue. Uh, there is an effect on the organ of the brain that affects the way that you process information and express it. So I think you're going to see that there are actually some biological issues that are rolling off because there are actual physiological reasons for those existing. So here is the big picture concern, and then let's address the concern and how to think it through. I re remember that I did four years active duty Army, and when I was getting out of the Army, some of my buddies would say, hey man, just tell them that you have nightmares, and then you'll qualify for disability, and they'll tell you you have PTSD. The problem with being given a label, and this is the concern, is that it becomes your identity if you're not careful. I am PTSD. Instead of seeing it as a tendency or a possibility, it becomes a definition for who you are. I have depression. I have ADHD. And when you think of those different, quote unquote, mental illnesses, if you're not careful, that becomes your identity, which can become a very unhelpful and slippery slope. It's unhelpful for a couple of reasons. First of all, because the diagnostic methodology by which you were diagnosed is kind of slippery. Uh, harken back to my visit to the psychiatrist and the way that she was diagnosing just over Zoom. No empirical evidence, no x-rays, CT scans, no blood work. That's how mental illnesses are diagnosed. It's symptom-based diagnosing. So that symptom-based diagnosing that leads to symptom-based treatment is highly subjective, just to be candid. So before you, you hold on to that label as a definition of your experiences, I think you just have to open your hand a little bit and say, that is not who I am. Maybe it's a tendency or it helps describe patterns of behavior in my life, but that is not fundamentally who I am. Unfortunately, there are those that have embraced medical sounding labels, thinking that they have a medical disease but there is no medical evidence that this is, in fact, an organic problem of the body. So PTSD is an example of that. 
there is no physiological evidence that the reason why you have PTSD is because of your body. In fact, PTSD is going to be a highly interpretive mental illness or PTSD that is complex. So if you just want to call it stress or disorder or complex PTSD, whatever you're calling it, there is no physiological reason why it is happening. It's an interpretation of a, a significantly traumatic moment. And yes, it is a traumatic moment. And yes, people have gone through just really awful things. So we don't want to minimize that. But we also want to be careful of saying that you now have a medical illness uh, because there's just no support for that. Even in the science, there's no support. So by embracing it as an identity because of its medical sounding jargon and language, sometimes we're actually short, we're short circuiting or short selling ourselves in the process. Because I think I have PTSD, that's why I can't do that. For instance, I have ADHD, that's why I can't sit still, that's why I can't focus. And I know that we can have tendencies and giftedness but if I am not careful, that medical sounding label actually starts to become my identity. And as Christians, we really want to push back against that. We are not identified by so-called mental illnesses. We're not identified. Not only is there a lack of verifiability for many of the mental illnesses that are being diagnosed, but we just know biblically that's not our identity. We have an identity in Christ. And our identity in Christ is what is going to inform who we are. So our, our so-called medically sounding mental illness is not going to identify who we are, but who we are in Christ is going to identify who we are. So as a Christian, it's problematic not only because of a lack of verifiability, but because that's not who the scripture paints us to be. You're either in Christ or you're outside of Christ. So what we'll do is let's take a short break now. When we come back, we'll get into Philippians 3 and pick up with this idea of union with Christ. We'll be right back. All right, well, we're going to take this break and be back with Dr. Gifford in just a moment. But before we do, I'm going to do something that I don't normally do. Normally at this time, I recommend resources that are kind of applicable to the episode that we're listening to. Whatever Dr. Gifford's talking about, you know there's a resource out there that helps you dig deeper into that subject. Well, this week, I'm going to actually recommend a resource that has nothing to do with what Dr. Gifford is talking about because I haven't had the opportunity to recommend this resource just yet, and I want to. This is for our female listeners. I know you guys deal with stuff that men don't deal with, and we have a resource that can help you, and I want to recommend it to you. It's by Martha Peace, and it's called Damsels in Distress. And in the book, she talks about issues from gossip to slander to PMS to legalism. She gives biblical insight on issues that women are facing, and her insight is straightforward. It is clear-cut, and it is practical, and I would highly recommend Damsels in Distress by Martha Peace. You can pick it up right now at transformed.org. And while you're there, I also want to ask if you would prayerfully consider maybe possibly joining us in our efforts to continue producing resources like Transform, and we're only able to do it through the help and the partnership of our gospel partners. So if you would consider possibly partnering with us, you can help us to produce more content 
and reach more people farther to the ends of the earth with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can find out more information on how to join us at transformed.org. And again, while you're there, if you have thought about possibly becoming a biblical counselor yourself, I want to encourage you to do it. And one way to do that is to pick up some biblical counseling resources that you can also find available at transform.org. We can help you get well on your way to becoming a biblical counselor because man, oh man, do our churches need more biblical counselors. As a whole, they are starving for biblical counseling ministries. And so we would recommend that you do that if you've been thinking about it. Resources available right now, like The Gospel According to Jesus by Dr. John MacArthur. There are a ton of resources that you need to have on your bookshelf. You need to pick them up right now at transform.org if you want to become a biblical counselor. All right, well, enough of me. And now back to more of Dr. Greg Gifford as he continues to talk about the mind and the brain. This is Transformed. Welcome back to Transform. The world's definition of beauty is simply not found in the Bible. Instead, the Bible informs us that true beauty is defined not by this world, but by God Himself. And now your host, Dr. Greg Gifford. All right, thank you, Jimmy. Thanks for pointing us to some good resources. As many of you have seen, Transform.org is becoming a hub. It's really neat to see that you can go there, you can get homework assignments, you can see booklets, books. And I would encourage you even do some price checking because if you if you compare it to an Amazon or something like that, Transform is a competitively priced location for books and resources. So check it out when you have a chance. All right, back to the text. Grab your Bible, go to Philippians 3. This is the section of scripture where Paul talks about wanting to be found in Christ and actually relinquishing his former identity according to the flesh. So he doesn't regard anyone according to the flesh, verse 3. He doesn't put confidence in the flesh, although he could, which is basically verse 4 to 6. Verse 7, he says, Whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. That idea of being in him is your identity in Christ. The phrase in him, read Ephesians 1 and you'll see in him, in him, in him. As a believer, this is the way that Wayne Grudem defines it, that this refers to the fact that we are in Christ, Christ is in us, we are like Christ and we are with Christ. Union with Christ informs your identity. Are you in Christ or are you outside of Christ? Verse 9 finishes by saying, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. So as a Christian, I cannot place my identity in anything other than Christ. Now, that has implications for mental health, but technically that's broader than mental health. I can't place my identity in being a father or a husband or a pastor or a biblical counselor or a professor at the best university in the world, the master's university. I can't place my identity in any of those because that is not a sure place. My identity 
is either in Christ or if I'm not a believer, it's outside of Christ. So how do I think about myself? This is self-conception, not self-determination, but self-acknowledgement of who God has made me to be. How should I think about myself? I am now in Christ and my life and my life is hidden with Christ. So practically, if I am letting something else become my identity, that is shaky footing. It's shaky footing. Think of standing in an unstable place. That's shaky. It's unsound. Even if it's a blessing of the Lord, like being a husband or being a father, those privileges that I get to enjoy at this current season of life, yes, that's still shaky footing. So when I let something else become my identity, then I'm standing on unsolid, shaky, shifty ground. Now let's connect the dots to mental illness. If you're not careful, your mental illness label becomes who you are instead of seeing yourself as in Christ, your life is hidden with him. You are seated with him on high Colossians 3, 1 through 3. Instead of that, you are PTSD. Instead of that, you are depression. And so I don't, I don't fault people because I think at times we're looking for an explanation of why we're experiencing what we're experiencing. But at a certain point, that's hopeless. What a hopeless thing to think that I am my mental illness and that there is potentially no change. This is just who I am. Maybe I can go to therapy. Maybe I can take psychotropics to help with this, but this is who I am. Biblically speaking, that is not who you are. If you are in Christ, then you are to put on the new man, Ephesians 4.24, and you're to live out your new identity in Christ. You are to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, 2 Peter 3.18. So you are not your mental illness. You are in Christ, and he has given you all the resources that you need to change. So I don't have to be stuck in fear. I don't have to be stuck in a struggle with depressive moods. I don't have to be stuck in a struggle with anger. None of those have to stay. Why? Because my mental illness label does not define me. It doesn't define me. So this clarification is the grounds for hope. Our identity is in Christ. Our identity is not in our mental illness label. But the, the discerning listener or the copious listener as you're interacting with this thought, I've heard this asked and I think it's a helpful clarifying point. But Dr. Gifford, is there any legitimacy to the mental illness label? Do I adhere to it at all? Do I take a psychotropic in that way? Well, I think if you've listened through the episodes, you would see that I, I would not say there is no such thing as mental illness. I would say mental illnesses are not fixed organic problems of the body. So they're more like a description of symptoms. And in that way, it's not an illness. Yes, it's not a disease. Yes, it's more of a description of your experience. So if it's describing your experience, I think what you now have the opportunity to do is to reinterpret it as a tendency not a disease. So if someone comes to you and says, you know, I actually think you have PTSD or I think you have ADHD or I think you have depression or generalized anxiety disorder, then you could say, well, what makes you say that? 
help me understand. And they said, well, you actually demonstrate the symptoms of these. Here are the criteria and you meet a good majority of those and you have for three to six months. Oh, all right. That's interesting to hear. If that is true, then let me reinterpret that through the lens of Scripture. I don't believe that to be a disease or an illness that is deterministic for me, but it may describe a tendency that I have. I know certain individuals that attention deficit hyperactivity disorder describes their giftedness. They're busy. Their mind works faster than most of our minds. They can get more done. They need less sleep. Like they're the Energizer bunnies. You guys remember that commercial, the Energizer batteries? Bum, 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 bum. Just always going, never stopping. So it's a tendency, not an illness. And in fact, I think certain people who've been diagnosed with ADHD or ADD just have to see that this isn't necessarily a problem that has to be fixed. It's more of a a gifting set. And you would not be surprised, I'm sure, to hear that the majority of people that are diagnosed with ADD and ADHD are underage boys, meaning children, uh, boys, not men, boys that don't sit in the classroom well, boys that seem to be hyperactive. Well, in all fairness, certain boys don't thrive in an office environment or a classroom environment. Put them in a field. Put them working for the county. Get them out and about. Don't put them in an office in a cubicle. They'll slowly die a thousand deaths that day. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's a disease. It's a tendency or a type of giftedness. So what am I saying? I'm not here to dismiss mental illnesses, but I am here to say that they're not inherently organic problems. So don't let the medical sounding terminology confuse you. See that it can describe symptoms or groupings of symptoms, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's who I am. Who am I fundamentally? I am not PTSD. I am not depression. I am not those things. Who am I fundamentally? I'm a Christian. In Christ, I have redemption. I am alive together. I've been raised up with him that I was baptized into his death and now I'm raised into new life with him. This is the union that I have with Christ and that becomes the foundation for understanding my own identity. So listeners, listeners, bear with me. Yes, your psychiatrist or medical doctor told you that you have a mental illness. But I would encourage you to just open your hand a little bit from clinging to that diagnosis and see that maybe I do have a tendency and maybe they observed symptoms. Yes, that's fair. But most likely that is not an organic problem or a medical issue. What they have described are groupings of symptoms. So how would God want me to respond to this? That's the next question. How do I move forward in interpreting this biblically? That's where I'm going to encourage you to transform.org. I'm going to encourage you to encourage you, excuse me, to check out biblicalcounseling.com and look at biblical resources to help you reinterpret that label that you've been given. In fact, there are even pamphlets and booklets that offer a recategorizing of the Diagnostic and Statistic Manual Mental Disorders so that you can reinterpret them biblically. I did that in one of my books, Helping Your Family Through PTSD. And what I did was just take the mental illness and unpack it according to the scripture. This is what the Bible would call that. So when you receive that diagnosis, that's the posture that I would encourage you to take. Reinterpret it 
as a tendency through the lens of Scripture and don't see it as a determinative medical illness. Don't see it as that. So, in the end, what's our identity? Our identity is in Christ. Christ is our identity. And whatever mental illness or mental label or mental disorder I am given, my identity will ultimately be in Christ, and my life is now hidden with Him. So, I'm going to pray for you guys. Let me do this. I am encouraging you to write in with points of clarity. I'm imagining that there will actually be a lot of questions about these things, so feel free to send those my way. But do when you write that question, do kind of get to the point, be pithy, and say, hey, here's my question or here's what I'm trying to think about, and I'll do my best to answer those on air or I'll just send you a reply back if it's really quick. So let me pray for you all as you're thinking this through, and I look forward to hearing from you. Lord, I do pray for the listeners. I want them to be free in Christ. And I want them to be free in their identity. Lord, help our identity in Christ to be what informs even our own self-conception and how we think of ourselves. We are not PTSD. We are not depression. We are not anxiety. We are in your son, Jesus, or we are outside of him. And may that be the fundamental difference for how we live our life. Lord, there are seemingly accurate diagnoses that are out there that describe symptoms we're experiencing. Lord, give us grace and wisdom to interact with those in a way that represents what your word says, truth, and even scientific verifiability. Lord, give us grace in all of this so that not that we would just think better or have greater clarity, but that we would be more like your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. This has been Transform with Dr. Greg Gifford, a production of Gospel Partners Media. Our website, of course, is transformed.org, and it is your central hub for finding in-depth information on all things transformed. If you've enjoyed Transform with Dr. Greg Gifford, consider subscribing and sharing with your friends and church family. Also, would you prayerfully consider joining this labor of love by becoming an ongoing monthly Gospel Partner? And until next time, go serve your King. 